0: I practiced that for so long, you don't it's even a know. It's pick a yoon. No, it's pick I am. Are we positive on that? Hey, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter at nonsense underscore Steve. You can find my co host here, Mr. Neil Smith at nonsense underscore Neil. The hottest account on Twitter right now, Neil. Welcome to the world of technology. Oh, I'm here. Long time coming. Long I time coming. I did it. Coming.
1: I did it. People love that Royce Freeman touchdown tweet that I posted with the, with the video. That's
0: a sexy tweet. Sexy tweet. Love it. So we had a ton of stuff to get into. We're going to hop right into the news as usual, starting first and foremost with Peyton Barber being named the lead back in Tampa Bay, according to reports after the struggles in week one. Of rookie Ronald Jones, he's been demoted to the backup spot. Neil, is there any fire to this smoke, or is it just more of that preseason depth chart stuff we warned you about last week?
1: No, I'm going with. That's serious. That's for real. Now I'm going to so fire,
0: fire the smoke.
1: Yep, yeah, a little bit of fire. And I'm going go like to <laughs> go, go ahead and hold off. Sound of that. I'm going to go on and I'm going to go ahead and hold off on making any like firm proclamations or moving anything around too much in my ranks until we get through this next slate of preseason games. But for the moment, yeah, I think if it comes to pass, you're going to be looking at possibly having to drop Ronald Jones in the ranks, rank Peyton Barber. And we've seen Peyton Barber in limited work before. Steve, have you ever seen anything from Peyton Barber that makes you go, Ooh, I want, I want that. Nope. I think the price tag will be very low. So there's that. But I think you're talking about a guy who, if I'm recalling correctly, for his career is averaging about 3.8 yards per carry-ish, and nothing. I've I've never seen anything from him personally that leaps off the page.
0: Yeah, it's something we'll get into here in a little bit because we do have the NFC South today in our Under the Microscope, so we will discuss that further as we go on. In the interest of saving time... Meanwhile... (laughs) Ian Rapoport says that Alshon Jeffrey could remain on the pup list going into the regular season. Now this is something we've already mentioned. He was one of the least talked about injuries of the off-season from Stefania Bell at the NFFC. There's no big shock to us here, but this is just all the more reason to steer clear of Jeffrey. As I mentioned earlier, really the easiest part of his schedule is the first couple weeks of the season. So if that's the time he's going to be missing... There's really no meat on that bone for me, especially at the price tag he's currently going at. Anything we've been to add telling on you, that?
1: we've just been telling you about it since July. So for those yeah. of you who've been paying attention, this is not really super news. The one thing that I would say is for anybody who's brave enough to want to stomach it at that price tag that you mentioned, you're talking about he's going to miss the easy part of his schedule and then spend the moderate to slightly difficult part of his schedule that immediately follows just trying to get back in sync with. The yeah, team he so it's not like he's going to miss time and then suddenly come back and immediately start putting up the numbers that you're used to. I don't think at least I don't feel that way. He's going to need to get reintegrated back into what they're doing. So I'm pretty much out on the Alshon Jeffrey this year.
0: And meanwhile, Devante Parker has a broken finger. According to head coach, Adam Gase, he is listed as week to week. Now Parker wasn't someone we were targeting anyway, but this pretty much just cements it. In addition to having issues all camp, I expressed my concern a few weeks back when we were talking about the Dolphins, about him being able to handle the top wide receiver billing on the depth chart. He's just not a guy worth a roster spot for me at this point at realistically any price. Like I just see no huge upside, you know what I mean? Like Tannehill's back, but I don't see any upside to grabbing Devontae Parker. Remember all last offseason we were talking about, oh man... Jay Cutler thinks he's a young Alshon, he can really take the top off the defense, he's a guy you gotta target early, and uh, yeah, no, not not so much, so uh, no. Devontae Parker is a classic case of the potential never really meets the expectation. Yeah,
1: and unfortunately he's kind of also always banged up, and this is just another in the latest yeah,
0: that's a big part of,
1: of that whole career arc so far. So, no, not somebody I'm interested in. Frankly, I'd rather go, as we talked about, for way cheaper, uh, Danny Amendola, Albert Wilson, something like that, for a significantly lower price tag, if I'm going to do something. (laughs) Wilson!
0: Meanwhile. Rookies. Ugh. Darius Geis. What a shame. We just talked about Darius Geis last week, and pretty much as soon as the podcast went out, boom, kiss of death. So, Darius Geis. Oh, yeah. Rookie season over before it could even get started. Tore his ACL in the preseason opener last Thursday. It's heartbreaking news on multiple levels, Neil. I mean, you know, first of all, the main level, you got to feel bad for Geis. Losing sure, I mean,
1: year. come on. Like, he was, we were talking him up. Like, hes he was poised to have a pretty nice little season, you know, just a, a good, looked like a pretty good campaign setting up for, for him there as a rookie.
0: And then, uh, of course, you feel bad for the Redskins because now they have to deal with that disaster of, of a running game they got behind him other than Chris Thompson. So, good luck with that. Do you really did, feel uh, bad for the
1: R's? I, I don't know how bad I feel for them. I mostly feel
0: bad for guys. They did look at Orleans Darkwa. They looked at uh, Alfred Morris, who ended up going to the Niners. So I, I said keep them on the radar of any you know running backs basically to be uh, available. Uh, I got a lot of heat from my Mark Ingram hot take. So that was interesting. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, follow that on Twitter. You can go, you can see all that on Twitter if you want to go through that.
1: Yeah. Alfred Morris, uh, did get a job. Just not. Yeah, there. I said
0: he signed with the Niners. Yeah. Yeah. But as a result, uh, Fat Rob, Samaji Perrine, and even Capri Bibbs, for whatever reason, has moved up in ADP. They've all skyrocketed in ADP, uh, obviously, because you know somebody has to fill that role and uh sure. Kelly and Parine both up in my ranks i told you i had somewhere around 120 points projected i believe for Geis. and i took basically uh or i'm sorry it's a 170 170 whatever it was and then uh i had 20 of that and gave it to chris thompson and then i basically split the other 150 points evenly between fat rob and Perrine, because I don't know what it's going to be. I would yeah, honestly yeah. feel like it's going to be some kind of rotation. They're not going to let one or the other take the whole job.
1: It just I think one of them will probably get beat up at some point. I mean, it's kind of been both of their issue, to be honest, as well. So I don't—I think that's probably right, because you've kind of proven that you can't really give either one of them a job
0: to themselves. And then, of course, on a selfish level, because that's how we operate around here, oh, yeah, is, so. uh, I mean, look. This is the get-off-my-lawn segment of the entire (laughs) thing because... Louder so they hear it in the back. Exactly. Look, two of our favorite guys this preseason that we've talked about have been Broncos running back Royce Freeman, who is now up 27 spots to 62 overall, and Chris Thompson, who, again, as we said last week, was the running back we wanted from the Redskins all along anyway. And we were like, oh, wow, you're going to take guys way too high. And give us Chris Thompson for free? Yep. Yep. I'll just do that.
1: Thank you. He's up
0: 25 spots to 89 overall. Okay? So they've both moved up two full rounds in draft price. Now, that being said, Freeman, who is my RB20, is still going at RB24. So I'm still ahead of the consensus and the public. So I can still grab Freeman at a discount. And then, of course... Thompson now is moved up to my RB18 after the injury and the extra points I added on to him, and he's still going at RB36, so even with the injury, he's going way too low. Now, granted, this is from yesterday, and they haven't played another preseason game yet, and I get that he's coming off the injury and all that, I understand it, I do, but the ADP, you'd figure, will have to still creep up more, but right now it's RB36, and that's insanity.
1: Oh, yeah. Considering, so, yeah, I have, it looks like I'm just going to own Freeman. so much
0: Chris Thompson this year.
1: I have both Chris Thompson and Royce Freeman rated higher than you. So I have Royce Freeman at RB19, and I have Chris Thompson at RB15, because I didn't even bother splitting that so much between those guys, because I think what you're going to see is, Chris Thompson is just going to get this huge workload for when he's on the field. And then ultimately he's going to go paying because that unfortunately seems to be the Chris Thompson way. I don't have him. I just think that you're going to be seeing a lot, 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 lot of Chris Thompson dump off passes. Like if you think you've seen a lot of Chris Thompson dump off passes, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 This year is going to be, cause it's Alex Smith. And it's exactly. just at a bad O line. And just, it just sets up. That's their offense. They run anyway. So it just, I've got, it's just one of those things where I just think when he's going to be out there, Chris Thompson's going to be a machine. Cause we've seen, we've seen it before. So I'm pretty high on that. Also, cause I just don't think much of Rob Kelly or Samaj Perrine either or Capri Bibbs for that matter. I just don't think any of those guys are particularly talented. I acknowledge they're going to get work. It's just that three yards in a cloud of dust over and over and over again.
0: Meanwhile. Speaking of running back situations that we have right and the public has wrong, Rashad Penny suffers a hand injury, quote, including a broken finger yesterday at practice. So uh, today, Wednesday, he had his surgery. It went well. By the way, the quote from Pete Carroll is, it went beautifully. And see, when you're you up texting running backs, you can't say <laughs> nope. anything about them is beautiful, okay? Let's just I mean- calm it down, Pete. All right, now,
1: Pete's, Pete's on his own little island. We know this. That's why he said he to, to half the NFL.
0: <laughs> According to Adam Schefter, he should be back and ready to go by Week One. Carson was the guy that I always wanted more anyway, so this obviously doesn't change that. But there's less inherent value because of his price tag now, surely having to go up. My issue here is look. Carson has whole, he he showed flashes last year, right? I mean, he oh, was yeah, an RB absolutely. two for sure, at least. And given a full role, given the full opportunity, he's absolutely. certainly a guy that I would be interested in because he should be an RB two with his talent, right?
1: Oh yeah, and also it's like it wasn't just that; it was also he, against all odds, against a terrible offensive line, and it, it's just he seems to have really worked. Yeah, bad all that schedule,
0: out. So, bad line, it still yeah, didn't matter, and,
1: and, and he was still putting up fifteen. So, no, if he was – could you imagine if he was in a good situation? You know what I mean? It's that kind of talent.
0: And the thing with Penny is, look, I think the best comparison I could probably make here is probably Joe Mixon from last year is going to probably be the best comp. You're coming into a situation where there's a veteran guy there. Now, I certainly love Chris Carson's talent more than I like – Uh, what Jeremy Hill was doing there last year. But there's a running back blocking his path. You know, the best thing that I've heard Penny does is pass block. He's really good at pass blocking. He's an okay catch, pass catcher. Uh, and he's an alright, you know, runner. He's got good moves, but we'll see if it translates. So he was gonna have to adjust to the NFL defenses anyway. Plus, he was gonna have to pass block and get in on those situations, and with a broken hand, it's going to be difficult for him to do that. So I'm thinking the first two, three, maybe even four weeks of the season, they're going to have to ease him in now, and his value is going to be minimum. Whereas right now, you're paying a huge premium in the mid-RB20s to get yourself a Rashad Penny, much like how you had to overpay to get Joe Mixon last year, and the first few weeks, because he was in that rotation, wasn't doing much of anything. So now I think Carson's a guy that certainly has value. If he gets a run, then, yeah, he's worth the flyer later on. And eventually Penny is going to get the opportunity to take over that position and take over that job. But for the price tag you have to pay now, look, I'm willing to say, yeah, go ahead. You draft Rashad Penny in like the fifth round round. And have fun with that. And then in week three, when he's done nothing for you and you're frustrated, I'll trade you the guy that I grabbed in the eleventh round to fill in one of your other needs. And I'll take that headache of Rashad Penny off you. And then I'll ride that the rest of the season.
1: That's spot on. I mean, it's just spot on. That's that's really the way to approach this
0: draft. Well, th- that's Chris it for me, Carson. folks. I'm going. That's that's it. Thank you. Just I've walk, had it. Yep. walk
1: it off. Walk it off. Because I have Chris Carson for the moment in my updated ranks. I have him going RB33, and I'm probably going to have to move him up now, given this news, obviously. But I mean, we've talked about the talent. We've talked about the idea that I'd be comfortable with him as an RB2 or a flex, preferably. And I completely agree. That's exactly where I was going to go with that is I'll take Chris Carson in the draft, and if I really want to, down the road, when you're super frustrated with Rashad Penny and you've spent The last seven Saturdays, swearing up and down your house, cursing the man's name. I will happily take him off your hands, and if it pans out, it pans out. So that's exactly how I would approach that. Do not pay that price tag. Do not be that guy. If you're listening to this, let someone else eat that because you're not going to want to bring a sick bag for the first, like, six, seven weeks because it's going to be. Do you like fives? Because that's that's what I think you're going to be.
0: Exactly. Unless Let it be someone else's problem. Unless he displays some ability yep. to
1: break away. Like, that's what I'm thinking.
0: All right, Neil. We're on to our uh, our, our award-winning segment. Not yet, but, you know, we'll Well,
1: get there. award-winning in our moral minds. Sure, yeah. Enjoy the event, because it's not a show. I can still see Holmgren down there going, no! Yeah! Okay, so the, the rumor is true. We just traded you.
0: The best place to be is when expectations are high and it starts with training camp. I like how, like when you saw everything happening and how he was melting down on the field and how he kept dropping passes and was inefficient. I was like, "Oh, they're just going to trade him away and that was just going to be the end of it because of his on-field performance." Then he go he has the the guts. Let's say the cojones, if you will, to waltz into Hugh Jackson's office and say, hey, if you guys don't want to play me, then why don't y'all trade me? Really? Really? Like, like you're so great, Corey Coleman, that you can be making (laughs) demands to get on the first team.
1: Weirdly, I kind of appreciated the moment because I think part of it is I don't think he enjoyed, from how I read it, he strikes me as a man who did not enjoy being in Cleveland didn't enjoy going to work every day, didn't enjoy dealing with Hugh Jackson. And I I'm actually weirdly if it wasn't such a dumpster fire, frankly, in Buffalo, I'd be slightly interested in it, not necessarily to draft Brian, or anything, but just something to to monitor cuz he's who is he going to be competing against? It's like him and Kelvin Benjamin who left practice today with a bag of ice on his right knee, which is always a great sign. Always, always a great sign. Uh, like, who else is it? You know what like I mean? Murray like Cooper in Buffalo. Jr. There's mm-hmm. like, is, yep. isn't Zay Jones hurt? Like, there's. I don't know. Yeah, exactly.
0: Because so he's that's, irrelevant, that's, so it doesn't matter. So,
1: in theory, he could actually get playing time. So, I sort of actually appreciated it because I, I sort of read it that way, where it was just like, I hate working here to a level that I. It's almost like asking to be fired. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yep. just go ahead and fire me then. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't like what I'm doing, fine.
0: We also saw the uh, on screen debut of Josh MTV Cribs, so that was nice to see uh, see him out there. I knew he was there as a special consultant, but awesome. good to see Mr. Cribs out there. Uh, my favorite part of the entire episode this week was Tyrod teaching Hugh Jackson how to coach. That was just so priceless. When Hughes uh You guys gotta hustle. Why are you walking? You gotta hustle. And Tyrod's like, you know, you could just record that on your coach's film and then play it back when you're playing coaches, And then they can see it. Like, you you don't just have to tell them about it.
1: You know, he actually said, you know, you do it once and then you just call them out and then it's over. Yeah. And he just walked away.
0: <laughs> I cut to Hugh using the coach's tape to show him him walking on the field. That's a oh, good Tyrod. idea. Tyrod. Yeah, right. Tyrod Taylor, the next coach of the Cleveland Browns.
1: I mean, you say that, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not wrong. No, Antonio Callaway, however, was the uh, the main focus of the episode this week, uh, and rightfully so. He he took over the job from Corey Coleman, as we mentioned last week. We would see what he was able to do. We knew the talent was there, but the off the field issues clearly on thin ice. Uh, given that past at college and all the stuff he went through, and then of course being pulled over, uh, last weekend, so, yeah, really interesting. All that stuff that he went through with all that. And then the, uh, the punishment, as you put in there, is them playing him on every offensive snap actually a punishment? Yes. It a thousand percent is.
1: Physically, yes, but it's also the idea that you got to play, there's guys fighting for a roster spot that would have liked to get some of those reps at some point, And because mm-hmm. you got them all, they don't get that opportunity to actually get on the field. That was the Brandon Stokely argument is why I put that in there. So there was a whole thing on Twitter and then on the radio actually about why certain NFL receivers were like, "Um, I would have killed for that opportunity. And they were like, I'd get myself in trouble on purpose if I was trying to make the team. But I think that maybe forgets that, you know, they've invested a significant amount into that guy, but that's the argument that was being had. But physically, yes, it has to be a punishment because
0: you're going to want to die. Literally. The main thing I took away from that is what they had already said is that they had, I believe seven wide receivers on the roster at the time. And one of them was Josh Gordon who hasn't been with the team. And the other was Corey Coleman who got traded to Buffalo. So they were already shorthanded at wide receiver and him playing all that time, Jarvis played the first drive and that was it. And then he was done. He was just in his, you know, uniform the whole rest of the way. No pats.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't you know, not, why, yeah. why waste it? You know, he <laughs> looked good.
0: But yeah, no Jarvis on the field. So you had no Jarvis, no Corey Coleman, and no, uh, Josh Gordon. So, really, it was four wideouts, including Callaway. So, for him to play every single snap, I mean, it's not insane. And they were running a lot of three- and four-man sets anyway. I don't really think he was taking away from anybody.
1: Fair enough. When you put it that way, if that's the exact thing, then that might be what's missing in the whole conversation. Is that, technically, there was only four guys available. So, given how many opportunities, everybody's going to get a chance to go. Um... But, yeah, physically, either way, physically, he was gassed, it looked like, at various points in the game. And it's just like, oh, nope, get back down there. Keep running. Like, let's go. I'm not letting you off the hook. So that was interesting.
0: Yeah, and with all his off-the-field stuff, too, it just feels like they've fallen into another Josh Gordon situation, doesn't it?
1: A little bit. It's also got to be really infuriating that he didn't tell you. From his perspective, I completely understand why you wouldn't right. want to tell your employer. That, like, I get it. But in, given his past and the situation that he's in, to then not tell them seems like a, uh, an issue.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, just to follow up on that, they had officially, they had 10 wide receivers total. Oh, ten. gotcha. So, uh, there you go. Oh, there you go. So with seven guys, basically, and Callaway played the whole game. So the other six rotated in and out.
1: Well, that goes so, back to what they were talking about on the radio then. But either way, it was a uh it was definitely something to watch him take in that fifty five yard touchdown.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then uh oh yeah, the interaction between him and uh and Todd Haley at practice was pretty great. That
1: was too. actually my favorite part. <laughs> like a little
0: puppy dog. <laughs> like a little puppy dog.
1: That was great.
0: Like a little puppy dog. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter, big guy? You need a hug? Oh, that, God. the uh, coaching staff is making this hard knocks. Really
1: yeah, is. it really is because the players aren't really doing it, but the coaching staff is hysterical. Um, My favorite part of the episode, though, was during the game when Todd Haley told Jarvis Landry to take Callaway under his wing because Larry Fitzgerald would. And just that whole conversation yeah. was my favorite part.
0: Of, Let him uh, live with you if you have to.
1: Yeah, like. Because it's, I got a
0: kid, I got a I got a girlfriend. What? I'm not letting that guy live with me.
1: <laughs> that's absolutely that's absolutely part of it. But it's also that uh, Todd Haley doing that is also <laughs> Todd Haley doing that is also a man who realizes how few options he actually has and how few weapons. You know what I mean? Because I think yeah. he realizes, like, oh man, I need every single thing available to me if we're gonna all. Not just get fired at the end of this season. <laughs> it's just like, no, 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 we gotta, we gotta make this work. And so he's trying to make that whole situation happen. But I agree with you. I don't think Jarvis Landry is gonna let, <laughs> is gonna let him live with his live at his house. But we'll see. That would be that would be epic, frankly. If if he suddenly was like, no, you can live in my you can live in my guest room.
0: And then the cherry on top of the episode was after last week. No, I got a lasange greg williams got his lozenges yes. so kudos to greg congratulations got his voice back
1: marketing he was works. screaming
0: at everybody all week so yep. clearly worked out
1: his explanation on of how he got them is priceless if it's free it's me because somebody literally yeah. just sent him lozenges in the mail Oh <laughs>
0: uh, yeah that's that is so greg williams too to be screaming at people you sounded and great. To need the those lozenges, lozenges really work. Yep. I'd like to know yep. who
1: did it, because those lozenges clearly work. I mean, he had no voice. As we yeah, know. Yeah,
0: free PR right there. Yeah. yeah,
1: as we know, day three.
0: So, looking forward to next week. They got the Bills coming up this weekend.
1: Grudge Ooh. match. Tyrod, grudge, grudge match.
0: For Tyrod and Bring Corey it. Coleman. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. But, uh, <laughs> right now we're going to put uh, the NFC South under the microscope. under the microscope a microscope is an optical instrument used to magnify objects
1: under the microscope
0: simple as they are the microscope is no toy
1: under the microscope into the friendship
0: zone under the microscope Winners of the NFC South last season, and according to Alvin Kamara, the best team in the NFC, the New Orleans Saints, by week in week six, Drew Brees, heard of this guy? Here, he's pretty good.
1: Well, he's been around.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, ranked 65 overall, QB6, going at 74 overall. QB7 public hates Drew Brees. I don't know what their problem is. They just hate him. I don't know why. I don't know what's up with <laughs> Let's talk about that for 20 minutes.
1: Yep, 20 minutes. Got it. Okay, so the public is dealing with
0: uh, what's so called recency back.
1: bias. <laughs> and running back, please.
0: <laughs> so running back, Alvin Kamara, currently 6 overall RB5. He's going at 6 overall RB5. I've got him at 5 overall RB5, so clearly the public and consensus hates Alvin Kamara. I don't know what their problem is. we got to go into that another 20-minute segment here. I mean, Mark I have, Ingram I serving out that four-game suspension before he ultimately ends up on the Redskins, going at 59 <laughs> overall, RB23.
1: Again, reference Twitter. Reference Twitter for Steve's yeah. hot takery.
0: Uh, he's being taken ADP at 54 overall, still RB23. Uh, and then my uh, my note on here was Boston Scott, who we have talked about before. He's a guy to look at, certainly, in Dynasty. And look, he's going to get run in these first four games with Mark Ingram out. If he can produce, it's just going to show them even more that, you know, maybe we don't need Mark Ingram. Maybe we can sell high on the name brand and get rid of him. And you can scoff at it all you want, but ask Adrian Peterson. So I'm just saying... He's currently going in the 360s, so uh, he's for free. You yeah. can pick him up off waivers and just stash him. It's he was a, a guy they a talked about him.
1: at length at the uh, the fantasy convention. But I will just point out for those who are maybe just getting familiar with him, he is only 5'7", and he is weighted 200 pounds. So from what I can gather, he seems to be viewed as more of the satellite back. So, however, if Alvin Kamara can prove that he can be the workhorse, which would be impressive considering that's not really ever been his jam, but uh, if they could make that happen, yeah, maybe all of a sudden your Mark Ingram hot takery could suddenly come to fruition. But Boston's got a name to know, definitely somebody who's going to get some run early in the season.
0: Wide receiver, it's Michael Thomas, 11 overall, wide receiver 5. He's going at wide receiver 5 in ADP. He's a beast. I've got him at wide receiver three. You do as well. Very high on Michael Thomas this season. Cam Meredith, Ted Ginn, and Traquan Smith round out this receiving core. They are going at 51, 68, and 87, respectively. Traquan, a dynasty guy, more than redraft. Does the headache of Ted Ginn or the inconsistency and injuries of Cam Meredith attract you at all?
1: Cam Meredith? Already beat up by the way, for the record. Uh, apparently That's not that serious, but again, yeah. already beat up. haven't even started playing yet. So, uh, no, not particularly. Neither one really floats my boat. Uh, I would say you could do worse than, uh, than either one of them, but not something that I'm trying to hitch my wagon to.
0: Yeah, as Bears fans, we've seen Cam Meredith play. So and we've all seen better.
1: Ted Ginn play over a number of years.
0: Exactly. know what that is. Uh, tight end Ben Watson going at 165 overall tight or I'm sorry, ranked at 165 overall tight end 21. He's going at 194 tight end 24. Barely going as a tight end 2. That is criminal, people. According to Larry Holder of the Times pick i I practiced that for so long you don't it's even pic-i-un. know. No, it's pick i
1: are we positive on that?
0: Pretty positive. I had to practice that for so long.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh,
0: ben Watson had multiple touchdowns from Drew Brees during team drills on Monday. He was the pro- he had a prominent role in their red zone offense. He was a big time fantasy producer in 2015 with the Saints. I've been a that word wrong get... my
1: whole life. Sorry. <laughs> just gonna cut there in there go. if that's how that's pronounced i've been saying that wrong for 31 years ladies and gentlemen.
0: that's why i looked it up that's why i looked it up
1: oh uh oh, but yes man. ben
0: watson uh a guy they're targeting in the red zone they want prominently to be part of this offense and look i'm high on ben watson this year i had him in the teens and i really thought that uh that he would be going higher because why not? He's one of those guys who has the potential right now to be taken as like the 16th or 17th guy off the board at tight end and finished top 10.
1: See, I'm actually more more interested now given the this uh, Larry Holder article because I also saw this making the rounds, I believe it was Monday, and I have him at, at 22 and I'm thinking about moving him up because if there is going to be chemistry there, we've seen – you know the New Orleans tight end have value in the past. So, and Ben Watson has also proven that he can catch. So, I'm starting to come around to the idea, much as you're describing, that in a Drew Brees-led offense that should be moving the ball and will be in the red zone, if Ben Watson's actually healthy and looking good and developing a rapport with Drew Brees, that might be worth moving him up uh, into that more t- uh, tight end two category. Absolutely. Because they're gonna they're gonna be in the
0: red zone. Saints defense currently going one ninety seven overall. The defense number nine. That's fine for them. They improved last year. Uh, they were a decent team. Uh, I've got them at thirteen. They're in that range of who really cares. Uh, just it's pick one at that point. Whatever one you're most comfortable with. And hey, as long as they don't give up any miracles in Minnesota, they'll they'll be fine.
1: I've got them at ten. I clearly hate them.
0: Obviously. Clearly. Panthers by week in week four, Cam Newton, 53 overall, QB4. He's currently going at 63 overall, QB5. Uh, what are you feeling about Cam Newton this year? I mean, I got him at five. I think that's probably the right range for him there. He's got, in that second tier.
1: I got him at seven. I clearly hate Cam Newton. It's the same thing. Oh,
0: man, I, you hate I him so much. Wow.
1: Clearly hate. have so much hate. I think he'll be fine. It's the same. It's Cam Newton. It's a Cam Newton season. There's going to be some inaccuracies and there's going to be a rushing floor. There you go.
0: Christian McCaffrey ranked at 19 overall and RB11, going at RB11, and I have got him at RB10. How you feel about McCaffrey this year?
1: Got him at 10. seas.
0: <laughs> Twinsies. We did it. We did it. CJ Anderson I've heard a lot of hype about, about having that low floor, a guy or I'm sorry, high floor there we go, okay. low ceiling, who's uh who can consistently get you points. He certainly has the option to be a vulture here. Uh he could be a guy who's gonna get you yardage and eventually possibly some touchdowns in the Jonathan Stewart like role. However, I've seen CJ Anderson play football.
1: Ah, uh, so have and I I I've years
0: seen and the Jonathan Stewart uh role in that offense last year, and neither one is attractive. Uh, even though he's currently going at RB forty, I'm not super high. I got him at fifty two.
1: I've I got just, him at. I've got I... him at forty one. You hate CJ Anderson.
0: I I hate CJ Anderson. That's I just, legit. Look,
1: That's not sorry I to have no. we into actual things. Like
0: wow. Uh, it's not that I hate CJ Anderson. It's just there's so many guys in that range that I like better. I just I would at that point in the draft where you're going to have to take him which is going to be around like the 8th, ninth round somewhere in there. I legitimately would rather have someone I can start week in and week out and count on.
1: The problem with, uh, with the whole Jonathan Stewart comp thing is that we have to point out that as good as Jonathan Stewart has been over the course of his career, he was really bad last year. So it would be interesting. I think what people are getting on is the idea that what if somebody actually had that job and actually was competent at it? And they've seen CJ Anderson look decent in limited work over a period of like three, four years. And I think that's why he's kind of been coming up a little bit, but I'm afraid to move him up. I've got him at 41 and I'm afraid to move him up higher than that. Cause I just feel like I kind of know what the ceiling is for that role. And I feel like it's right in that right. area. That's basically what, where I think like you should end up. He might outkick that coverage, but I think you're playing with fire and you clearly think that, I'm even insane for, <laughs> for even recommending that. You're like, stay away, do not want. Well,
0: like I said, once you hit 36, that's the, that's the back end of flex. And then really from 37 down to like 48 in that range, that's your number four. That's like your primary backup. That's your lottery tickets, basically. Those are the guys that you're really counting on. You're taking a flyer on. And that's why I have him just below that. Because he's not a guy that's got a huge upside. He He's a guy that has huge upside if McCaffrey gets hurt. I have to count on someone to get hurt for him to be valuable to me. And even then, is he going to have the full workload?
1: Well, obviously he's not going to have the full workload. But are you suggesting... Well, Fozzie Whitaker tore his ACL. So are you suggesting that Cameron Artis-Payne's going to suit up? Or Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe.
0: They'll In continue the past, to go with their two-back set. In the
1: past, they haven't done that. But maybe they'll start doing it now. I could see how that would change if he only had three guys.
0: Well, I mean, they did it last year.
1: I thought he was a healthy scratch for a good part of last year. I know he was the year before that.
0: No, no, no I'm sorry. Uh, clearly we're, we're on a different wavelength here. Uh, I'm saying if McCaffrey were to get hurt,
1: Oh no no, they want to leave C J
0: Anderson out there up, alone, Tim Payne would come in and still job. split carries. Yes. CJ Anderson uh-huh.
1: has the same job. It's it, that's what, yes. how that would go. That's absolutely
0: how that would work. Yep. Yeah, I gotcha. So I don't see like a huge ceiling there that's not it's not worth it. Whereas I'd rather take a younger guy, a guy who's a backup somewhere who could get the whole role like a Dante Foreman, for example. If something happens to Lamar Miller, Dante Foreman is the guy.
1: Do you have to, who's forty for you? Just offhand? Do you have that handy? I don't... Continue on while I look that up.
0: So wide receiver, Devin Funchess, the Funchise. Uh, he's pre- or ranked at 37 for wide receivers. He's going currently at 33. I have him at 29. And normally I'm not super high on Devin Funchess, but it's just one of those things where he was such a reliable target for Cam Newton last year, and he's such a big body that... If Greg Olson can't stay healthy, which has been an issue for him recently, he could have a very productive season once again. And then you look at everybody else. DJ Moore. Remember when Curtis Samuel was a thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: it wasn't that long ago.
0: Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. So DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, uh, yeah, neither one of them I'm interested in or want at all. And the talent, I don't think, is there for either one of those guys. So it's just because of that fall off a cliff I'm I'm pretty high on uh, Funches compared to everybody else.
1: Yeah, you're going to own a lot of Funches. Uh, by the way, just to close out the last discussion we were having, you have on Johnson at running back forty, Jamal Williams just in front of that. Smiley.
0: Yeah, and on Johnson Smotry. at forty is way lower than everybody else. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. So,
1: so you're you're in that wheelhouse, which I'm not really going to sit here and pick nits with you on that.
0: To, but just, again, like I said, to my point, that's a young guy in a committee. Who, who is a lottery ticket he also is, is I don't is, know is, what he is you're
1: just never gonna get carry- on Johnson at 40 so that's that I know
0: but I'm saying that's my point is that's my range so, but, is that's but, the type of player I want there the more I know helpful I'm never going to own him for that that's sure.
1: that's the more helpful one because you're basically saying I would rather deal with that idea of basically a bunch of rb2s that are all going to share a job and you'd rather have that guy's theoretical ceiling Right, because C.J. if Anderson. look,
0: if, if Perine okay. figures it out, and if Fat Rob gets hurt or doesn't play, or Perine is just significantly better and takes over the Geist role, he's an RB2. He's a low-end RB2, high-end flex, if he puts up the projected Geist production.
1: Or even anything resembling it.
0: Right. So that's going to give me more than anything CJ Anderson could ever give me. But anyway, continue. Go ahead. Devin Funches, I'll own a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll continue that debate potentially on Twitter. <laughs> there, that's what we'll do. We'll,
0: yeah, come at We'll me. let
1: everybody get in on that and let everybody... get them boys.
0: And that's the end of that chapter.
1: <laughs> he says that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have Devin Punche's at thirty-eight. So you are significantly higher on the Funchise than uh
0: Yeah, you're right along with consensus and I'm higher than everybody else and I'm fine with that. Like yeah. I said, I just I buy into the upside, I buy into his role, and if I can have Devin Funches as my flex, I'm good with it.
1: I I'm not gonna sit there and like debate it with you. It's I'm just concerned that maybe he's gonna regress just a just a just a hair. But it did seem like the light bulb maybe went off there down the stretch in the playoffs last year. So um, Do we need to spend any time on Greg Olson? We kind of did.
0: No, I mean, Greg Olson, tight end five. If he stays healthy, he's a premier guy. Yeah. That's so it. not much to talk if about there. Healthy. And then the Panthers defense. Uh, remember, they lost Steve Wilks. They lost their defensive coordinator to the head coach of the Cardinals now. So uh, it's a new scheme they're running. They still have concussion Keekly going. So uh, we'll see how many games he can play I out there. feel so bad for that guy. Before he ultimately just falls over. Uh, it's just so sad right now. So bad for that guy. But again, they're in that same range. I mean, they're going at... They're ranked at 12. They're going at 13. I've got them at 7. They're just part of that, you know, cluster of defenses that it's you, you pick a name out of a hat. Yep. The Falcons, by week in week 8, quarterback Matt Ryan ranked at 14, going at QB 13 thirteen, I've got him at twelve. Normally I'm not a Matt Ryan guy, but apparently I love him compared to everybody else this year.
1: People always hate on Matt Ryan. It's it's a it's a weird weird phenomenon that I mean who knows. But yeah.
0: That's not true. Last year people overloved him.
1: Well then the year the before that he went on drafted so
0: well the year before that he was terrible. So he needed to so
1: I have I have him at sixteen. It's a it's it's kind of a crapshoot with that Ryan, which is how he finds himself there. It, I I kind of want to move him up, but at the same time, I kind of don't. It, it's a it's a whole thing with him because you would think he they would take another step forward with Sharkeesian in year two, but
0: right, that's the argument. Is year two of the Shanahan offense he was QB one? Yes, he made a huge leap up after he looked terrible last year. He looked pretty bad, and it's year two of the Sharkeesian offense, so. You know, can he make a step forward? He's certainly not going to go back up to number one again. We but wouldn't think. But can he make he a would, step forward? I have him as a starter at twelve. I don't think that's unrealistic.
1: No, and I've and got with him with the right weapons on the they have there. Why not? I've got him on the front
0: Devonta Freeman, of running back twelve, both ranked and drafted. I've got him at RB eight, just because I buy into the role, the offense, the schedule, all of it. Uh, so. I am high on Devonta Freeman this year. I am not as high on Tevin Coleman, who's going at 28. I've got him at 29, so I am I guess I'm right in line with consensus. Uh, but like I said, normally they're like a, a one-two punch, and just the, the experiment there I, I don't think is working. Tevin Coleman is not as valuable as people perceive him to be.
1: No, Tevin Coleman is just kind of a nice little change of pace at this point. I've got Freeman at 11. And uh, I think people are kind of figuring out what Tevin Coleman actually is. So it is just one of those unfortunate things where he's uh, he's talented, but yeah, I've got him at uh, RB uh, RB twenty seven. So I'm slightly higher than, but I'm pretty much where the consensus is. And where did you have him?
0: Uh, twenty nine. Yeah, so right so there.
1: We're pretty much all in the same spot.
0: Julio Jones, wide receiver four. There's nothing to discuss. He's on a list, and other than that. That's it. Yep. One of Steve's. Muhammad Sanu uh, ranked at 55, going at 62. Meanwhile, Calvin Ridley ranked at 59 and Ridley going at 49. I'm with the public here. If I'm going to take a shot on a guy that back end, it's the same area that we were just talking about with running backs, except now wide receivers. Same thing. I want a younger guy who's got huge upside to potentially be a top tier player for me. I don't really care about the guy who's going to give me a consistent five and a half points a week. I don't, that's what, what is that doing for me, long haul? Nothing. So I'd rather roll the dice on a Calvin Ridley and see what I can get out of it.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely the way to approach that, I think. I've got Mohamed Sanu, actually, incidentally, right about 50, so I'm a little bit higher than ADP because I'm not completely out on it. But Calvin Ridley is a great back-end flyer. I mean, if you don't get anything, who cares? You didn't spend that much on it. But if it pans out, man, you could be staring down serious wide
0: receiver, too. Right, exactly. At this point, we know what Mo Sanu is.
1: Yep, we have a pretty so, good handle on
0: it. Uh, Austin Hooper, tight end 25 is where he's currently going. That's where I've got him ranked, so uh, not somebody I'm, I'm interested in. We, we saw the disaster that was last year.
1: Yeah, I'm not going back to that well.
0: Falcons defense going at 19, ranked at 16, and I've got them at 20. They're below average at best.
1: Yeah, there's nothing on their defense that I'm particularly interested in, frankly.
0: The Bucks by week in week five. Famous Jameis and his crab legs, ranked 26, going at 23. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is currently going at quarterback 42, Remember, Jameis is suspended the first three weeks of the season, so I will pose the now-famous Cleveland Browns argument to you, Neil, and this is a different situation. The first three weeks of the year, Jameis is suspended, and Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the guy. Then we know the last 13 games of the year, it's Jameis. Combined projection for the two of them is 264 points, which would be QB 11 if you could play Tampa Bay QB, do you do it? No. Pretty straightforward. Not even no. think about it. Just shoot it right down. Not do wow. it.
1: No. I, I, okay. I've owned both of these people in fantasy before. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is perpetually frustrating outside of that one good year. And I owned Jameis last year and it's, it's such a roller coaster. Cause it's either a 40 or it's a five and he just acts like an idiot. It, it, Frankly, I'm out on it. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want the headache. In theory, it might pay out for you. But at the same time, Ryan Fitzpatrick could get hurt. Jameis could be terrible. And then suddenly you have no quarterback. And the range of outcomes on that is so vast that it gives me pause. So that's why I'm shooting it down. Do you have a different viewpoint?
0: I'm probably – again, I'm going to go back to the same thing I said with Cleveland in that I don't really want to draft three quarterbacks because I feel like I'd have to have someone else like you're saying.
1: If we're going to keep playing this game, I think the only one that you could get me to say yes to right now is Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Yeah, that's probably – If we're going to just play this game to its logical conclusion, I think that's where we would end up is that I would ultimately find a reason to shoot down this argument every single time until we got to Carson Wentz and Nick Foles because I just watched them win a Super Bowl. And that would be the entire argument, really. I could dress it up for you, but, like, that's going to be the crux of it.
0: I mean, yeah, I can't I can't argue with that. I can't think of another one. I mean, I'll mean, i keep like, thinking of maybe probably Joe Flacco, have the Lamar
1: Jackson. Maybe Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson, you could
0: convince yeah, me. Yeah, but then I'd have to play Joe Flacco.
1: Yeah, exactly. And see, that's where the whole thing falls apart, like house cards. It's just on the floor, right there. It's just... And the gust of wind blows into the fire.
0: My argument with this would just be that if you just took those two guys, you would have no one for that bye week. I guess you could cut Fitzpatrick and pick somebody else. Well, up, by then but... you
1: would cut Fitzpatrick. You're not going to play that for the season. That's a draft move, and then somewhere along the way, when Fitzpatrick's not starting anymore, you probably cut Fitzpatrick because you need the roster spot.
0: And given their current ADPs, you could have Jameis uh, really late in the draft. Almost like the last couple rounds here. So, I mean, you could pretty much. I like this argument in a two
1: quarterback league. Frankly, like in some sort of two quarterback league, maybe. I Yeah, could, but then I, I literally, could,
0: literally yeah. do have to hold three. I
1: know, and then it becomes even more frustrating. So it's it th- th- this becomes logistically tricky to do this. If you were going to do it, I think you'd have to do it with Fitzpatrick and Jameis, and then not have a third QB. And then at some point, when Jameis comes back, you have to hope Jameis hits. And you're going to cut Ryan Fitzpatrick to pick up another
0: another quarterback. I think that's... Yeah, I would draft Jameis because he's the draftable one now. And then pick up pick Fitzpatrick up off, waivers. off waivers. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or anyone else but that to would, play those yeah, first Yeah, but that three would
1: mean weeks. you have to cut something pretty quickly. So it would depend on how your draft actually worked. Right. Because you could get into a situation where it's like, well, I've got Jameis and I like the rest of my team. And now I have to make a really hard decision.
0: <laughs> right. It's an interesting thought, though.
1: It definitely is worth exploring, but I think, again... The
0: The running backs, like we talked about a little bit earlier, Ronald Jones currently going at 25, Peyton Barber going at 57. I've got Ronald Jones at 21, because I'm pretty high on Ronald Jones this year. But if he's going to get sidelined here by Peyton Barber, I I have to adjust. So I haven't done that yet. But we'll see. I want to see how this plays out the next couple of weeks. If we go into week one... You know, or even after the third preseason game, before you're drafting, if he looks bad and Peyton Barber's the guy getting the start in week three of the preseason, then you know that this is going to be rough.
1: Yeah, that's. But what ultimately, I, said I feel like top of the show.
0: Yeah, this is going to be the same thing as a. um well, maybe this is a better comp, I guess, to Joe Mixon. I don't know. I really like the Joe Mixon comp. Okay, we'll Leave go with the Joe
1: Mixon comp. It's fine. We'll let Twitter
0: hash okay. it out. It's, Again, it's the same thing. Look, it's like I said, it's a guy in Peyton Barber that is meh, like Jeremy Hill, right? Yeah, meh. From what we've Who seen, cares? from what we've
1: seen, yes, that is what's going on.
0: And even if he starts the year as the starter, Ronald Jones is a rookie they've invested a lot into, and eventually he's going to get the keys to the the backfield and take that over. Uh, you would think. So down the line, Ronald Jones certainly a guy I want. Now, is that a guy I want to spend a pick on at fifty six overall, like I have to right now? Not no,
1: anymore. no, it was something I was very interested in because I had him at twenty three. But I will also have to adjust as you're saying. So we're gonna have to wait. Yeah, for the if
0: next his ADP or... lowers, so, then sure. Yes, if but,
1: the correction happens, then sure. But uh, if not at that price tag anymore,
0: yeah, it, it, I'm gonna go back to the same argument we used earlier with. Rashad Penny it's that okay the first couple of weeks if he's going to be the backup to Barber and not doing a whole lot and you're desperate to fill a role on your team somewhere I can give you my fourth or fifth wide receiver to help you out and I'll take Ronald Jones off your hands and he can sit on my bench instead of yours until he ultimately gets the starting job
1: yep and then we see if it turns out anything
0: uh you got wide receiver Mike Evans going at wide receiver number nine Boy, Mike Evans is so talented. I also have him at wide receiver nine. It's just so infuriating. It's just so boomer bust with that guy.
1: Well, it's not even his fault. It's it's the fact I know that that's
0: the his infuriating quarterbacks
1: word. are so horrible. I've got him at ten for the record, so I clearly hate him. But it's it's that's the whole issue with Mike Evans. is not Mike Evans, it's the quarterback play surrounding Mike Evans. So still worth it. He manages to produce usually just about over time.
0: So then you've got the ultimate best ball player in Deshaun Jackson going at wide receiver 63 currently. I've got him at 47, and again, that's based on projection. Uh, That's based on projected points for the year, but I will never own Deshaun Jackson ever because I can't deal with the headache of Boomer Bust, the same reason I'll never own Will Fuller unless I'm in a best ball league.
1: Yeah, best ball only for me as well. I'm not really interested in that um
0: The interesting discussion yes. is the the third wideout on the bucks and who it is. So you've got Chris Godwin who's currently being drafted at 64 and Adam Humphreys who's basically not being drafted. However, over the last two years, Mike Clay pointed out that Adam Humphreys is one of 26 players with at least 55 receptions. Now during that time his average rank was 54 at wide receiver. So it's not like, you know, he was blowing it up with huge points. He was getting the receptions, but that's pretty much it. I currently have Godwin as my number 83 wide out. So I'm much lower than the public, and I have Humphreys at 89, so I'm much higher. Clearly, the wide receiver three in Tampa does have some kind of value, and the public believes it's Godwin's time to take that over. So what do you think is most likely? Is it Godwin finishing at wide receiver 54, the average that you know they've had, and then Humphreys finishes lower. Humphreys once again finishes in that fifty-four range with Godwin lower, like they did last year, where they both just deflate each other's value, like I currently have in my ranks. I'm going with option C. They
1: probably just eat into each other's value, and it looks a lot like a t- Tampa Bay season because we've got of. Yeah, they both have a
0: role before. of some kind, and just uh, neither one is relevant.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I would how I would approach it. The public is way into Godwin and the level at which that is being drafted to me is like, okay, there's a serious contingent of people out there that view that guy as like a step forward candidate and a flex and maybe they're seeing something I don't. You know, it is possible, but I just, for a guy who's going to be playing third fiddle on a team that has quarterback issues, consistent value is not something I see there. Flash in the pan for sure. Uh,
0: yeah, tight end o- O.J. Howard going at tight end 15. Cameron Brait going at tight end 17. I actually have Howard at 26 and Brate at 21. I don't buy into either one, and it's because, again, the same argument we just made there, I think they both eat into each other's value, and neither one of them is a viable asset.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, uh, a concern with them. Um, yeah, I have Brate at 18 and i have oj howard at 25 so uh i clearly hate both of them I'm a l- <laughs> but i'm i'm
0: just again i go back i mean the, you're right in line with, I, uh, I am but i go back in public
1: on the problem grade. is i'd like to have yeah. one of them way higher because on individual talent they're both really good the problem again is quarterback issues and just this is also part of the reason though why i have an issue with godwin is okay so there's. If we're doing wide receivers, it's one, two, three, four. But then you have to add in, like, in terms of actual pass-catching targets. Those guys are way down because then you add in O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid and whatever whoever happens yeah, to be true. playing running back, right? So we got to go, like, yeah. four guys down at least to get to whoever you are. So that's part of my issue with the whole thing. But, yeah, that's the, other, that's the frustrating thing about the Bucs. There's a lot of cannibalization going on. With what they have They have Weirdly they have a lot of Decent talent They just can't seem to ever Get all the horses Going in the right direction
0: And no one that can Separate themselves Other than Evans Is the problem
1: Yeah Yeah There's nobody who's Just completely horrible It's just that There's only one guy Who's really really good
0: Alright well that wraps up Our NFC South preview Next week we have The NFC North Get those Bears Packers Lions
1: Go Bears Get that sick bag For that Bears For that Bears one Oh, get the sick bag. So got, it's going to be great.
0: You got a lot to get into.
1: You got a lot week. of digging.
0: So it's going to be good. Uh, but again, follow me at nonsense underscore Steve. Follow Neil at nonsense underscore Neil, the hottest follow on Twitter right now.
1: It's all just videos of touchdowns. It's the red zone. It's the red zone when the red zone is not yeah, on.
0: It's preseason red zone, folks. Who doesn't want a preseason red zone? Fantasy Life app at important Nonsense. And uh, until next week, everybody, just keep up the nonsense. Have a week. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tri-Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on ImportantNonsense.com.